if your headphones were working or not. Because you keep you keep twisting the little thingy. I know. Well, it's just my ADHD, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I can't makes, sit still. Yeah. You know, so I'm constantly moving the mic stand. I do notice that. And yeah. you're always like leaning back in your chair yep. and I'm it's breathing like, really heavy. Yeah. <sighs> That's just weird, you know? Is it weird though, or is it just Joey? And No, it's still weird. Nose. Even if it is just Joey, it's definitely <laughs> still weird. Doing the little like thing that you do. Yeah, that's yeah, that. <laughs> that's just mostly when I sleep. When you sleep? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, what? Cal, you're the one that does it like just on the reg, just walking through the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ew, dude. I I can't do that. Do it up, Connor. <laughs> All right, take us away, Joe. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Midwest Flyways Uncensored. Today, you have Joey Vassallo, Connor Olstad, and last but always least, Cal Ness. Thank <laughs> I you love that you did that. Yep. Thank you to That's today's fine. episode, and welcome to Uno, Dos, y Tres. Bienvenidos a las Unos, Dos. Gol! Golazo, amigos! Dude. You could do that, man. Thank you. Yeah, you really could, man. Lionel Messi! <laughs> you know, I got... I love that shit. I got going down a YouTube hole today and ended up watching, like, the best <laughs> the best goals of <laughs> various soccer players. Oh, yeah. Bro, yeah. I did that two weeks ago up here on the TV, and I was sucked in for about 45 minutes. Yeah, like Dude. the tri- tri- uh, PK trick shots... Oh, yeah, yeah, all the all the dirty stuff. I love that. The funny dude. Whenever I think about that, whenever I hear you do that, all I can think about <laughs> is from what, like seventh grade through ninth grade or tenth grade. All we would do, because obviously we're young. It's not like we were like going out, whatever. We would just every Friday, Saturday night have a sleepover, mm-hmm. and which is just basically I stayed at your house, and then right. all we would do was we would chill out, play basketball, whatever. But then when it got down, you know the wee hours it was just watching soccer on international <laughs> channels until like four in the morning mm-hmm. that is that is true yeah um, we watched so much soccer it was scary and stealing um maker's mark an absolute out of rods <laughs> yeah. liquor cabinet filling it up with water and then rob would have a client over and he'd be like joey <laughs> this is watered down this is watered down <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is bullshit <laughs> this is bullshit not good also really good though man some good times <coughs> i haven't seen you guys in two weeks yeah it's been a little bit this is weird for me you've oh, been yeah. doing a little bit uh a little traveling, bit of traveling mm-hmm. shooting here you know a little bit there. of shooting a little bit of shooting a little bit of calling a little was, more shooting than we've been doing though yeah well minnesota's been shit and really so that's bad. that's why i went down to missouri with waterfowl assassins jr borschelt and uh matt robertson that was a lot of fun now did we get into the birds like crazy no they're doing this. It's the same weather down there as it is up here. Yeah. Gets up to 45 during the day and gets down to like 26 at night. And it's clear blue skies with hardly any wind in the morning. The wind picks up in the afternoon and all the birds come out to feed after dark. I was going to say, are they feeding after sunset? Yep. I have yeah. this unbelievable video on my phone though. After the first day of the birds, like snow geese, specks, ducks, just bombing the decoys at 10 yards, thousands yeah thousands now is that is that going to be in a vlog that i filmed yes oh really why is that going to be in a vlog that i filmed yes is it going to be an interesting video yes now here's i'm gonna see that video i'm really probably february when you clear the storage on my computer oh yeah that's right yep i can do that yep yep i need help with that (laughs) i got so excited i want to do that right now (laughs) (laughs) you were searching for my computer no but it it was super cool they jr is a really good dude there's a lot of bad stuff going around on the internet about him. However, I got invited down there and stayed at his lodge that he just started leasing out from another outfitter. Kind of an interesting situation, but the lodge is gorgeous, dude. And now, is it also overlooking Squaw Creek? Yes, dude. Squaw Creek holds hundreds of thousands of birds all year long. And That's we crazy. were in December, and I bet you there is two to 300,000 snows in there. Without specks or ducks. Holy shit. Yeah, I was with somebody who's headed there like right now. I was with somebody last week that's going down Who there. Who was that? I was, when I was out in Colorado, the marketing director for uh, the optic company that I was working with. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> He's headed out there right now. For uh, well, Media, for media? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. 
no, it's cool. it was unbelievable. Like this refuge man, guys, Cal. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to you. Don't don't just pick at the table. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get all um, the drywall out of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have this road that goes around all of Squaw Creek, and I bet you it's I don't even know how many acres. I bet you it's three times the size of Lake Minnetonka. So What's Squaw Minnet- Creek, Squaw Creek Refuge. It's Dude, three times. Yeah, the Lake size Minnetonka of- is 23 square miles. Right. It you think us, this is 60 us- square miles? Yeah. Dude, it would take you a long time to drive around Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, it it did. It took us a really long time. Now, also, were there <laughs> hundreds of vehicles parked taking pictures of eagles and snow geese? Hundreds of vehicles. And you, you like the speed limit's 10, and people are just like stopping in the middle of the road. So it was a nightmare. However, the well, amount that's of, why it took you so long to go around it. <laughs> right. No, it, it took us about an hour and a half to drive around it. All right. It's it was probably crazy. the same size like Quinnetonka. Whatever. You keep I mean, asking questions. Were, were there hundreds of vehicles? <laughs> right. Was it 60 miles? <laughs> it's just really cool, man. Like you could tell there are a lot of non-hunters there just taking pictures with huge telephoto lenses. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like Howard Tripp lenses, you mm-hmm. know, like he would take at soccer games. <laughs> Nobody knows that reference, but got right. it. Dude. Right. But you know that. Yeah. You know All right. That yes, I do. I got to let you know. I looked up the size of Squaw Creek. How big is it? How big do you think it is? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, dude. This is going to be good. This is going to be really good. Lake Minnetonka, 22 point some square miles. Okay. Squaw Creek, 5.1 square miles. No. Oof. Yes, bro. Oof. Dude, the shit is yes. huge. Squaw Creek was reservoir and water area, 5.117 miles square. So it was just purely. It was just purely you going us. 10 miles an hour <laughs> and stopping were, every 40 there were small, feet. There were small Asian women getting out of every single vehicle parking their truck in the middle of the in the road and like getting out all this camera gear and you can't oh, drive probably around have them. unbelievable photos <laughs> squaw creek is no. the asian girl mecca of the world or what bring me that boy <laughs> you know but holy stick shit. stick with that's, the that's uh, a, that's mexican a, soccer that's a direct quote from enter the dragon bruce lee 1979 <laughs> so write that down but all right how do i write that down bring me that boy <laughs> pen and paper because we don't erase <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> so, but anyway, the, one of the weirdest things to me was like, there's hundreds of thousands of snow geese on this reservoir and you're, there's a road around the entire thing. Vehicles everywhere. People taking pictures. There's eagles getting them up off the water every, you know, 20 minutes. Every time someone stops their car, <laughs> <take> pictures. <laughs> like the geese would just get up and then like do a big circle and then like come back down. Uh-huh. The amount of blue phase Rosses that I saw, which is a crazy hybrid. Yeah. Is well, didn't ridiculous. you shoot one? No, not while we were out there. Oh, we just shot a blue. blue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, we just yeah, shot yeah, a blue yeah, goose, yeah, yeah. a white fronted blue goose. But we, uh, I saw, Matt and I saw at least six to eight of them, which is crazy. There's like a lot more now than back when. It used to be like really rare. And now a lot more people are shooting them. I don't know any of the biology on it, but it's super cool. We could call Nick Johnson. Yeah, I'm good on tell that. You the biology. Yeah, I'm good on that. The dude. I don't have line. three and a half hours to burn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to listen to it. But oh, man. it was well, the weirdest part about Squaw Creek. We drive in and Matt's like, there's a dead snow goose in the water. There's a dead snow goose in the water. There's a dead snow, dead snow, dead snow. I there was on the phone with you while you were doing this. Hundreds of dead snows. Yeah. Why? In Squaw Creek. Just because like people shoot them and then they come back to the refuge and then they die a day or two uh, later. Dude, by the way, when I was on the phone with Joey asking him, he was so crabby. <laughs> like he he hadn't slept in days. <laughs> like he was like, was he was so crabby. I'm like, hey man, did you take a video this morning? Is this sweet? And he's like, I mean, it's whatever. In my defense, dude, you asked me nine times if <laughs> I was going to get a video while I was there. I was like, yes, dude, I already told you when I was going down there, I was going to get a video. And you're like, but dude, like seriously, we need a video. Well, yeah, yeah because he was down there. He, cause he very profusely pr- promised me that you would make a video. I was like, well, we'll see. He's like, yeah, no, 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 no. He, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Oh, I got okay. it. All I right. got at least. Yeah. I was on the hook, 11 dude. minutes. I got at least 11 minutes of just footage of like footage that's going to go into the video without an intro or an outro. Or like any voicing over. I'm so like what I think I'm going to do with this one, there's a lot of birds working. And so when the birds are working, I'm going to voice over like what the birds are doing because you can't really see the grass that we were using. It was so thick. It was so thick on these A-frames and we we're right on this field edge. Triple C's. And like you get up into it, dude, and it will literally blind you. Like it is tough. I forget. It's uh, called it a uh, gut cutter. Gut cutter. It was sounds, the name, that sounds like some name. Gut they made rip. Up, no, it was gut rip. 
That's what it's called. Gut rip. Sounds like when a, you're walking for pheasants in it, it literally cuts your stomach off if, if you're not wearing uh, thick enough clothing and it tears dogs apart. Uh, so they put that on the blinds and it just looks like a really um, solid CRP. Thick. Mm. Damn, boy. <laughs> thick. <laughs> so yeah. it was an unbelievable time. He has a hell of a lodge there, dude. It's a huge barn dominium. Okay. Huge loft. Yeah. Super sweet kitchen. The other, the gal who built in owns it. She owns Todd Creek Outfitters. Super nice gal. She's going to come up here next year in pheasant hunt at the lodge. And, uh, she's, she, they want us to come down there and shoot spring snows. And we really should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We really should. Like end of Feb, early March. Mm, that's that deal. That's uh, perfect for you. Yeah. Good. Cause we got a great place to stay. It's 20 <clears throat> minutes from all their fields. And it's a hell of a lodge. And Here's she the thing, cooks though. For every, she cooks for everyone. We can watch all the snow geese pouring in from the lodge. So sick. So sick. Okay. Here's What's the thing, the thing though. though? Can, can, we, can we watch them from the lodge to a place where we can shoot them? Yeah. No, they're traveling 20 miles to go and feed. And all of their fields. He's showing me all of his fields as we're uh, driving back, like in the middle of the afternoon before we hit the afternoon. Hunt. JR was? Yeah. Yeah. And you can see the birds get up off of Squaw. And fly all the way to you. It's 20 miles. That's so crazy. And, like, you can see exactly what fields are flying over. So if you have a big enough spread, good enough hide, enough rotaries, enough motion in your spread, like, you'll pull them down. And the amount of juvies that we saw there was stupid. I don't – that one blue goose that I posted on my personal Instagram, Mm -hmm. that's the only adult snow that we shot. The rest of them were juvies. Nice. It was cool. I've I've never shot snows in December. What? And they were decoying hard. Huh. I mean, like, there's a 2,000 flying over us, and then, like, 18 drop into the decoy, just, <laughs> like, right in front of your face. And then JR was just like, kill him! <laughs> nice. It was great. That's cool, man. Now, was I shooting the 20-gauge? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was great, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, you're shooting a 20-gauge? I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and it knocked him down, baby. Yeah, nice. But what was the, what was the thing? Um... I was thinking, I can't remember what I was thinking. <coughs> I don't know. Well, Sorry. Regardless, we got a place to go shoot spring snows down in Missouri. It's only a seven-hour drive. Nice. That's with stops. So if you were to just like go the way with like a 40-gallon tank, you'd make it there in six hours and 15 minutes or whatever. But mm. it wasn't a bad drive. And Joey slept the whole way, so it was a really good drive. Yeah. I tried, man. Really easy. <clears throat> I tried. Did Did you like... Take your vehicle or? No, we took Matt's. He just got a new truck. Gotcha. Ah, those na- nice new trucks. What happened to his it's old a, truck it's a, again? It's a 2011. It's just like yours. Just yeah, like it's yours. It's a Ram? Scale. Yeah. Yeah. What What was it? What happened Rams to his old truck? Ram's Dodge. I just got 300,000 miles on it. No, didn't he like get into an accident? No, or? that was with his wife's car. Oh. Yeah, he totaled it. That sucks. Just Good got thing. T-boned in an intersection. Good thing he wasn't driving the Ram. If he was, he would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's a nice, nice, it's a Laramie though. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But Matt, oh, Matt just had a baby boy. Oh, that's cool. His name's Tyson. Uh, it's his second kid, but it's his first with his wife. Okay. And she's amazing. She's so funny, dude. I just met her and she's hilarious. But anyway, I had a shitload of fun in Missouri with JR and Matt. Met a bunch of really cool people down there. Met some subscribers on the podcast. One of them's uh, Nick Gabriel. Helped him tune his uh, Triumph. Tried him out to do a double cluck. That's you know, just cool. like in the lodge. It was it's just fun. Yeah. It was a good time. Classic. Connor good, and I good Connor and I had a really good time here. Oh yeah. Yeah, the hunting was so good. Um Unreal. <laughs> we were done by nine thirty. Hell yeah, boo. <laughs> That's because we knew where shit was gonna happen. <laughs> oh, no. oh man. Yeah, we okay, so we had already planned to come here and film a video, do a podcast while you were gone. And so I was like, Well, we might as well just hunt the meet morning there and hunt in the morning. Totally. Right? And so uh no loss. Here's the thing, though. All right. Remember the last time that we, me and Connor decided to like go out and make a video and then Connor's battery was melted? Sure. Okay. We're starting to think. Huh? What? Remember your, your battery your on your boat was on melted? Boat. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're starting to think we're a little cursed, man. Yeah, we are. Definitely. <laughs> we're cursed, dude. Y- y- Here's the best wait. part. Okay. I wake up. Connor, Connor had to drop his car off at the shop. Yeah. My, my car was not, no, not no, a no. bad my thing. My car was getting its... its it's service. You it's know how like it's, service. it's brand new, so it's getting like all the routine services that are happening yeah, right you now. You, you just broke it in. They're going to change the, the free fast. free crap that they have. Sure. Yeah, 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 okay. <clears throat> so, 
Connor calls me at 6 a.m. And he's like, hey, man, um, I got a little bit of a problem because he was going to have Nate take his car in and then he was taking Nate's car. So I didn't have to go back? Yeah. Sure. So, so that he could just come I here just, and not. So yeah. I was just going to take Nate's car. Okay. He calls me. He's like, uh, I got a flat tire, dude. Yeah, and I'm like, I oh, dude, just yeah. puts, put some air in it. And he's I, like, no, 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 bro. Hey, like, I'm, I, yeah, I pull out of the driveway and I um, I start going down the road or whatever. And then I was like, oh, shoot, I like he needs gas. So I start turning to go like get gas, whatever. And I hear this like huge like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. So I look in the back of the uh, the trunk and it was his like tool kit had like rolled around. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I keep going and then it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, this is a flat tire. <laughs> so I pull into the gas station. I'm like, crap. <laughs> and it was flat, like real yeah, flat. Like zero PSI. <clears throat> Like pretty darn close, yeah. It was it was not quite riding on rims, but like mm. it was to the point where like the tire was going, you know. So, <laughs> so he's like, uh, "Can you come get me?" Oh no! <laughs> like, yes, dude. This is early fine. in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so I picked him up at like six forty-five, uh, and we got back here at like seven fifteen, which was fine. I mean, they weren't gonna fly at seven fifteen, and you had a permanent spread out, and. You know, the A-frame was sitting there, so I'm like, oh, we're fine. I'm telling you, dude, those dive bombs be killing it out there in that spread. In dude. permanent spread, dude. The perm spread, but yeah, they look Okay, good. question. Why is there one that's like Right. Why are there yards? like 12 black and whites that are like 200 Not yards even. There's away? like five or six. Um, They're for visibility. So they're for visibility so that birds see those and they want to fly over the field. Why did you put it's them It's a little there? test that I'm doing. That's where I had a spread set up prior Okay. And I went over there, picked up most of the spread, and then... That's what we thought. I couldn't grab all of them at once. That's what we thought. <laughs> and then... Um, so it's a test. Yeah, but that's, so now it's a test. <laughs> but that's that's the thing is that's where all the birds fly over the field. Mm -hmm. So they see those because they're black and whites in a chisel plowed cornfield. There's more pop to them. And then when they fly over that, then they see the rest of my decoys. How is your test going? It's going pretty good. No, it's uh, not. until they until they started feeding after dark. Yeah. No, they Here's, they fly over the field every day. However, it's after dark. That's dude, in my head though, isn't aren't they like why are there five geese over here and then there's a little family pod, a hundred and fifty over there, little family pod, dude. Just they're not social. They're not social. No geese. Those geese are not social. Well, hey, that's a great uh, segue into the question. Oh yeah, we have that. Wait, I have. Oh yeah, we have some questions from people. Huh? What What made you guys? As a team, run dive bombs. Mm. Who wants to start us out? Cal, you start us out. Because they're good. How are, they, how are they good compared to other silhouette companies? Uh, I like the stake system a lot. I mean, if you look back at like others, I know that obviously Big Al's has a good stake system too, in my mind. I'm not going to so, lie. So what, what about Big Al's? So he, here's what I've heard. Let me just help Go you. Go ahead. Big Al's have thicker stakes. That's what people tell me. They're thicker. That's why they like them. Yeah, better. they do. Mm -hmm. um, no, they're thicker. But I think I like the thinner ones, to be honest, because I think they go into the ground easier. 100%. Same. I mean, especially if it's like icy and you're pounding them in. Dive bombs, you can pound them in in like 10 degrees. You can just take a rubber mallet and they couple hits, they drop right in the ground. Yep. Uh, I know for a fact that other decoy companies that make silhouettes, it's a lot harder to get those in the ground. Um when it's freaking cold out. So for us, that's a big deal because it's cold here a lot of our season typically, which it hasn't been this year, but nope. uh, I, I that's a like, big deal. I like the logo, and they gave me stickers. <laughs> the sticker. With all of my uh, dive bomb purchases. Yeah. I'm going to need you to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. Right now. <laughs> Don't sticker me, man. Yeah. <laughs> On top of that, I think they're really good people. I think for us, a lot of the decision for like the product that we use just comes down to like who we feel like we vibe with and, you know, who we kind of trust, I guess. Sure. But also don't forget about the beginnings of Midwest Flyways, dude. When we got offers from other companies yep. and then you guys would ask or you guys would say, hey, these people offered us this and I would instantly say no. Well, okay. we would all talk. Yeah, okay. you're really okay. taking a lot yeah. of uh, pride <laughs> here, bud. No. No, from the very beginning, we have said that we're going to work with companies that we want to work with. Yeah. And do you remember in the very beginning, we started listing off companies that we'd be willing to work with yep. because we believed in their product and we believed whether in it's, those people. Whether it's a, you know, a shotgun or a shell or whatever, mm -hmm. we say, and we, we agreed on this together 
in your office on, you know, back in 2016. And it was, well, we will ask, yeah, sure, we'll try it. Even the freaking TriStar people, when they hit us up. Which okay. was awesome. What, that they hit us up? Well, yeah, because remember, Connie, you were like, should I just tell them um, that, uh, should I, I was ask like, them about their guns? I was uh, like, that, you, yeah, I was like, you can send us a gun if you want. And then we talked to Darren and he showed us one of their no, guns. No, that was, we had already no, that, heard about that's, Darren's That's what story. did it to me. That's what did it for me. It, it wasn't okay. even him showing it. It was just him telling us about it. And I was like, Oof. well, no, we had, we had already seen Darren's gun before that. And then they messaged us and Connor was like, if you send us a gun, we no, will no, see no, it. no. We hadn't seen oh, it before that. Got because, it. That's right. No, no. We hadn't seen it before because oh. that's what brought, that's what, uh, why he right. took the gun out. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were like, well, we'll send you a gun. And Connor's like, yeah, I can make you absolutely no promise whatsoever yeah. originally. And then after Darren said that, you were like, shut his email, the guy back. And yeah. be like, we're done. Oh, uh, no. no, thanks. We will. We and then we had a waiter company from China hit us up. We're like, yep, go we ahead had, and send us some waiters. <clears throat> we can try them, but I right. probably won't survive a week with Joey coming out <laughs> <Yeah>. of China. <laughs> well, so. all, all waiters are pretty much from China, Those, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, uh, point being, you know, we, we believe in their product. We like the product and we believe in the people there. We have a good relationship with them and they have great customer service. That's not just us. They have a dive bomb industries. What is it? A fan forum or whatever? Fan page. Fan page. Mm-hmm. Like if you go on there, Facebook. it is literally the owner, the people from dive bomb posting on there. Like you have legitimate interaction with the people that run that company. And they have a plane. Well, Asher is the vice president. Right. And he is constantly posting, constantly replying to people's comments. But the main reason that I wanted to go with dive bomb is because they're constantly coming out with new products. They listen to their consumers. They listen to their consumers. They said, hey, switch up their positions. They switch up their positions. Hey, we want duck floaters. They came out with duck floaters. They came out with goose socks. They came out with uh, snow socks. They're constantly coming out with new products, man, and they are killer, and they are field tested heavily Mm -hmm. before they are brought to market, and that's That's what I really, really like. That's another huge thing is all the people that work at Dive Bomb they're they killers. all hunt ducks they're killers and buddy. geese they're not it's not just like you know some cfo that's really good with numbers but knows nothing about hunting or you know a brand marketing manager coming from like a pepsi you know what I mean? it's not it's not like that like these people came up from the start they are duck and goose hunters well and i honestly like the the fact that they're direct to consumer they're not in big box stores they're not they're not worried about putting out huge numbers they're worried about quality versus quantity yeah. Okay, next question. Uh, talk about clothing and waiters. Well, if we're talking What does that about, mean? Like, just it in says, general? Also, like, can you talk about clothing, question mark, and waiters, question mark? I'll tell you what. Okay. We've gotten a lot of questions about Filson yep. this year, and um, stuff is just bomb. Yeah, I've, I've used it quite a bit beyond yeah. waterfowl. Right. You know, beyond wearing it every... I mean, I'm wearing a flannel right now, but... I've used it like in the field for deer hunting, for trekking around in the mountains, for all that stuff. I love it. I think it's great. Do you feel like it's still when 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 I first started wearing Sitka? When I first started wearing Sitka, I felt like their big shtick was waterproof, windproof, but also still wicks away sweat. Do you feel like you're filson in the mountains because you're you're moving a lot, mm-hmm. going for elk and muleys and whitetail on you know the west side of South Dakota? Do you feel like it wicked your sweat away too? Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. The, um, you didn't get the sweat, the cold sweats. No, the, the, was it the, what, what is the sweatshirt? Merino. Merino. It's Merino wool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's Merino Merino honey hoodie, whatever that thing with the, uh, windstopper green jacket that I have on top jacket. Oh my gosh. With that. And like even wearing a backpack or whatever, I would wear that. And it, it was just, it was baller. It was absolutely baller. Yeah. And the thing that I really liked about Sitka when I first started wearing it, it was like, it was athletic. Yeah. Like the, the fit was athletic. And so I'd never felt a hunting clothing like that before. It was always bulky. I felt like the Michelin man every time I went out Mm -hmm. hunting. So when, um, we started wearing Filson, I, I looked at all their stuff and I'm like, okay, it's still athletic. Like Mm -hmm. it still fits me fine. I'm not bulky. When I pull up my shotgun, it doesn't get caught on my shoulder. When I come to bring it up, that's, 
that's a really big thing for me. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, if this is from a branding perspective or marketing perspective, they, they've kind of been like the good old boys, you know, the good old oh, brand, yeah. you know, it's quite a legacy brand. It's if a you legacy will. brand. Yeah. And, and they have done a really good job of transitioning to a younger demographic while still holding to their roots. And that is something that is extremely hard to do. Yeah. And, but yeah, well, as they're far just as badass in general. So it's right. like, you can't knock 1897, bud. Yeah. You just can't. I mean, and as far as Sitka is concerned, I still, for some reason, I don't know why people haven't adopted this more, but the, on the Hudson jacket, on the, the um, I don't like cuffs. their cuffs. Yeah. I love them. They I don't, are, I love them. The I, I think this, the Skagit jacket has way better cuffs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I but th- that I don't know why. I, cuff, I, I think it feels so system, good. That like rubberized yeah. cuff system is. You're saying stellar. that because you like that the Skagit jacket has that. The does it? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Oh yeah, I haven't. It's yeah. better than Sitka's. I feel it. It goes further up your wrist than Sitka's does. So it yeah, makes it more like it makes it easier elastic. for to get gloves underneath it. It's I know this, that. Yeah, it's the same neoprene. It's just an elastic neoprene. Okay. Well. Yeah. I yeah that 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 was like. That that and the fit of Sitka is what drew me to Sitka initially. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that now I can layer a little bit better with um, Filson, so I usually wear Filson. But I'm not on camera, so it doesn't really matter. What I wear. Well, and here's the thing too: like, I mean, you can you have to get your right size. So, like, if you wanted to fit, like, you could probably wear a medium and stuff in some stuff, Connor. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but, and that would give you a little bit tighter fit too. That is what I wear. Oh, you could probably go small in yeah. like the Skagit jacket. You're small guy. Well, that's that's the thing. I'm right. a medium to large in everything, and then I we start trying on fills and stuff, and I'm like, I'm a baby boy. I'm a small. Yeah, this is ridiculous. But they're made for <clears throat> bigger boys. Well, no, Filson's just made to run big, you know, because like they haven't. It sounds from what I understand, they haven't changed their sizing, like ever. So like their sizing has not adopted like the modern, oh you know slim like fit. the slim fit whatever. Yeah, those it's f- it's made an athletic cut, but it's always been the same. Like if you know, it's reminds not made me, for like tiny little boys. It like reminds me of those suits that like <laughs> Michael right? Jordan used to wear. Dude, look those at freaking their huge suits. Yeah, look at their ads, bro. Like look at the guys in their ads. Yeah. All right. Now That's they've the been in jail part. for a year, <laughs> but. No, but like, look oh, at, but they I'm look just like kidding. Jason Momoa, dude. <laughs> they do they look dude. like Aquaman. They're badass dudes, they right? Look, like with a couple extra these are tattoos. Some, this is a grown ass man. All right. He ain't wearing no Abercrombie and Fitch size medium. Okay. <laughs> He's busting out the seams and that. So anyway, <laughs> dude, like the, the, the clothing's made for you if you live in the mountains. And if you live in the mountains, you are not 130 pounds, pure muscle, bud. Okay. Yep. You're built for the life. Okay. Uh, what is it? Outside of Filson. Okay, any outside other clothing? of clothing. All right. I, well, I wanted to touch on waiters because that was part yeah. of the question. Yeah. So Joey has this system where he buys new waiters every three months, and I don't do that. So <laughs> I've got a whole season with these waiters. I know, dude. They're, I'm on they're like season three. spray painted, bro. Yeah, I spray they're painted They're so them. ugly. Well, that's how you know that they're working. <laughs> that's how you know that they're disgusting. <laughs> They've got water in the boots at all times. I don't think I've seen Joey wear those without a pair of garbage bags on his feet in a year oh that's a great segment dude can i yeah can I go ahead you dude yeah okay so the other day cal and i and uh our best friend noah who's my roommate are out hunting for noah's first time of the year and i get out there and i get them set up i have to make a run to go and give materials to a roofing crew on a saturday morning i'm like shit so i run out there give them back they set up the whole spread so when i got there i was like hey just put them on the ice shelf. That's where they've been sitting. Get out there. And it's like 50 yards from the ice shelf. And I'm like, what the hell, guys? And they're like, well, it's all melted. It got so warm. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go out there and fix them. He's like, I don't know if you're going to be able to touch. We sent them all from the boat. I was like, okay. So I go out there, walk, instantly go over my waders, just like over the waiter line, soaking wet. It's like, what, 40 degrees outside? Yeah, 35, 40. It was cold. And then uh, I go home, put on new pants, and I just take two garbage bags, tie them around my ankles, put them back in my waders, and I wasn't cold the rest of the day. So if you ever go in over your waders or you have leaky waders, like at the boot, whatever, you don't want to get your feet wet because that's the part that kills you is your feet getting wet. So if you put mm-hmm. garbage bags over your feet, tie them like up around your knee or around your shin, whatever, wherever you can tie them up depending on how tall you are, um, it'll keep you going the rest of the day. And I was going to tell you uh, – it's not the only thing that kills you. 
because the amount of water you got in your waders the other day, <laughs> that would kill you too. Because it was your entire body from your nipples down was soaked. <laughs> he's like, he comes out of the water and he's like, I don't think I'm that wet. And I'm like, no, dude, you're super fucking wet. <laughs> I mean, I literally watched him go under, like over his waders and then walk over his waders like two full steps. I'm like, oh, water's just pouring into those waders. And bad. your waders are too big for you. Yeah. So like they weren't even like remotely touching your clothes anywhere. They're just no. baggy hanging off your body. I'm like, he's literally filling up his waders like milk jugs, bud. <laughs> so he comes back and I'm like, you must be cold. And he's like, no, I'm not too bad. I don't, I don't think I got that wet. It's just in my feet. And I'm like, okay, dude, 45 take off later. your waders. So like 20 minutes later, he starts taking off his waders. Oh, entire body from his nipples down, completely soaking wet. It was bad. I'm like, yeah, you're for sure wet. My dick inverted for sure. Yeah. Uh, All right. Again? So back to my point, though, about yes. waders. Yes. All right. So I have run neoprene waders for the last like four, five, six years. And then uh, this year I bought the Avery Heritage Series. Mm-hmm. Which they look great. Yeah, they look awesome. I freaking love them. And they are the shit. The only drawback that I will tell you right now, which for me is not a drawback because of what I'll explain, but they are permanently insulated. Ooh. So it's not a removable insulated layer. It's like a quilted insulated layer that runs up all the way through the whole thing, which is amazing when it gets really cold. They're super warm. They're awesome. Not like you're sweating in them. I mean, if it's 35 here and we're, you know, or 30 and we're breaking ice, they are awesome. But you cannot wear them early season. Hmm. You will die <laughs> for sure. Get Which fried. Either my, obviously for me, I was going to say, I, I this year started wearing my fly fishing waders all the way up until it was like 50 degrees. So there's no insulation. It's a stocking foot. Put a boot on, which I think the boot in a fly fishing wader, if you have like, you know, wading boots is way more comfortable. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's like, that's my so go-to for now. That's what I'm going to do. I'll wear season. my fly fishing waders early season all the way until it's too cold. And then I'll just transition to my insulated waders. But, and the, you know, the good thing about that too is the fly fishing waders are super cheap. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can get a good pair of, like, non-insulated, just stocking foots for, like, 100 bucks. Hmm. Granted, you got to buy boots for them, but you can get boots on sale for, like, $50. And then you kind of got a two-waiter a two -waiter system. Yeah. And the nice thing about the fly fishing waders, too, is they're super easy to pack. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's very true. <clears throat> so, for us, like, if we're going to fly south. somewhere where it's our way warmer, you know, I would be extremely tempted to just always bring my fly fishing waders and just layer up under them if I have to. Yeah. Because it's going to be way easier to put in a suitcase and fly with. I feel but that. Putin. Anyway. Putting. Yeah. Putting. Putin. You like tapioca putting? Um, I don't like tapioca. Outside of putin. waders, outside of Filson, I would say um, the deerskin gloves. Those are a need. Those yep. are a must. Yep. And I don't even wear them all the time, but when your hands get really cold yep. and you got to pick up wet. decoys or yeah. it really sucks or your hands are wet. If you have an extra pair of liners and a pair of those deerskin gloves, mm -hmm. you'll be all right. Yeah. And then be right. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of neck gaiters as well. See, I really like neck gaiters. I'm not. I, I like to wear them around my neck, but at the same time, it chafes my neck. Doesn't matter what brand it is. The old Tim Grounds ones. You should pick up some Midwest Flyways neck gaiters. Midwest no, well, those, aren't, shop. those aren't insulated, though. Right. Those are They're just not polyester. <laughs> However, this year I've started wearing a bandana. Yeah, dude. Do you think you're freaking Brad Pitt? No, I don't. Dude. <laughs> you think I was Brad fucking dude, Pitt or Adonis. It's comfy, year? man. It's comfy. It's soft. It doesn't have any. And it provides legs. just enough warmth to keep you doesn't from dying. Have, doesn't have anything to do with how you look, huh? Not at all. <laughs> all you can't right. even see it in the photos. Well, I, I do. It's always a tan one and it makes your eyes pop. I wear okay. one. <laughs> really I wear nice one and it there. is 100% for how I look because it's you can find it on midwestflowers.com. The cater, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Classic. Dude. No, I think, uh, I mean, in terms of clothing, I would say one of the things you brought up, Connor, merino will help you a lot. Mm -hmm. Merino wool retains its warmth better than any other fabric, whether it's wet or dry. 
So merino wool, start with that as a base, work out from there. You do not need to wear any specific camo. You don't even have to wear camo. Honestly, in my mind, camo is sort of overrated at this point, especially if you're going to be in a blind of any sort, which you usually would be unless you're standing in the marsh. Yep. Okay, next question. So not, so the birds can't pick you out from three miles away and <clears throat> see can't. that you're wearing, you're wearing the reeds instead of um, Sitka? They can't tell, dude, at all. <laughs> oh man okay um if the birds can see you no matter what if the birds can see you that easily you're fucked either way (laughs) (laughs) like you need to find a new hide okay okay um the ultimate bucket list hunt location target birds slash animals the whole nine yards Mm. this is interesting for me because i'm at a point where they're just seeing how many different experiences there are, especially talking to other waterfowlers in the industry that are like super serious about waterfall hunting. Every single one of them has a different story. Yeah. Every one of them has a different ideal. So what's yours? Their favorite hunt. Um, I don't have one, dude. That's what I'm going to say. Like my bucket list is anytime we experience something new and we're getting to shoot new birds. I mean, there's trips that are like on my list that I really want to do. I'd really like to go duck hunting in Mexico. I think it'd be a lot of fun to go goose hunting in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd really like to shoot a Harlequin, whether it's in Alaska or Washington. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Those are all like things that are on my list. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say I have like one hunt that I'm like, I'm dying to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we asked a really funny question with Kyle and Forrest when they were on the podcast, which if you have not heard that podcast, I'd highly recommend it. Um, and that was basically like, what's your ideal hunt? You know, like what's your favorite hunt that like makes you feel the best about being a waterfowler? And they both gave different answers. But my answer on that podcast was, you know, um, I think a lot of us get drawn to what we got brought up doing. Mm -hmm. Right. And like or our like first experiences in waterfowl because it brings back so many memories and you realize you're either so lucky or whatever. But I had just said that big water, you know, when it's a little bit cold late in the year you know, with my brothers or my brothers and Joey and you and whatever, like people that I love regardless of, you know, hunting or not hunting. That's probably my ideal situation, but I don't really have a bucket list, man. I was just, I was just saying that like, yeah, everybody that, you know, gives that story that is a serious waterfaller is all different. Yeah. Like their favorite hunting situation. And so I'm just at a point where like, I'm not going to say I have one hunt that I have to do. I've got like a list of things that I would love to do. But I'm kind of just going with the flow, like whatever the, you know, whatever experience happens next, I'm just going to take from that. Maybe phrase it a different way. If you can only, if you can only duck hunt one more time. Yeah. Where where and how? Then that one more time would be probably the ideal situation I talked about with Kyle and Forrest where I'm just, you know, around home on big water. It's super cold or, you know, getting really late in the year and I'm just with the people that I love to be with. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, hopefully mallards and maybe some divers, just, you know, big water situation. Sure. That's probably like if I had to hunt one more time, that'd probably be it. What about you, Connor? You already said I want to go to Alaska and hunt Harlequin. I don't want, like I would sweet. I'll, I'll shoot a Harlequin in, uh, in Washington, but I want to do it in Alaska. That's because you've been to Alaska. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anything in Alaska. It's just amazing. I think it would be sweet to, to go just to like some, some far away country and shoot something, you know, what, no matter what it is, it's, I, I just like the aspect of traveling and Alaska is, you know, the best, in my opinion, one of the best spots in the United yeah, if States. If you have not been to Alaska, yeah, just go. Like, I don't know. Like I'm, I think it will probably become a yearly thing for me to go yeah, to Alaska. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. Like I, he already, didn't you already book? No, I haven't booked for, for summer. <laughs> I technically have one right now. Te- I technically have a ticket right now, but it's. I don't think I will be going when I have it booked for. So, mm. but I will probably be going like the last week in June and going and doing some more halibut. My the the video that I shot for bighalibut.com is now playing on the Alaska TV channel for alaska.org as they're like cool. as like a commercial. It's like an Alaska tourism video. Yeah, well, yeah, it's part of, yeah, it's, that's what I think it is, is tourism, tour Alaska or something. I don't know. That's cool. But that's, it's, he this paid for some badass. promotional thing. Yeah. yeah so he asked me to cool, like man. revamp it. They had me take out the shot when we shoot the halibut. Cause it's, if it's over 70 pounds, you got to shoot it to get it out of the water. And cause they flail too much trying to get back into the boat. Yeah. 
because they're too strong. And so they uh, they had me take out the shot, and, th- and then the guy, the captain of the boat, like email. He was in the email thread, and he emailed back. He's like, "No, that's the best part." <laughs> oh shit! Like, I mean, that's, that's what real. I'm saying. It's <laughs> yeah. real. But you know, going yeah. on TV, playing in Anchorage, so it's that's they got lots of liberals in Anchorage. Really? Apparently. Mm. Yeah. I I feel like mm. one of the coolest parts of all the halibut videos I've seen, and I can't remember if it was in yours, is when they're just jetting back to shore. And people are just slicing up these halibut, <laughs> where they're just flaying the shit out of these things. Oh, like dude. they've done it a billion yeah. times. Like when, it's just like the first mate dude, or whatever. I, memory. When I went halibut fishing, um, there was literally a dude, like a young kid, yeah, like eighteen years old. His entire job the whole time, we would catch halibut. And he was literally just filleting halibut the entire time we were fishing. Yep. Damn. From from literally the start of the first halibut getting caught until we got back to shore, this kid was just, just yeah, filleting halibut. It's like the first mate or whatever. His on on my boat, his job was to reel if like the older people didn't want to reel anymore to bring their fish in, <laughs> and then um, to to get it in and get it in the bucket and whatever. And then as we traveled back, he filleted all the fish out. Mm-hmm. The kid was so cool too, man. Like he's from Alaska, and his you know. His uh, uncle is the one that was the captain for the boat. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, every summer since I was 16, I fillet halibut until it's time to go home. Yep. Every day. All day. Probably is really good at it, too. He's really good at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah no shit. He can just... Dude, once you realize or once you figure out how to cook that stuff, oh my gosh, it's so good. One thing that was kind of interesting, we went, on a, uh, we went on this halibut fishing trip, and it was... Uh, me and my brothers, my dad, some other people, and then there was this group of uh, people that were touring from Japan, and um, they kept all of our fish heads. Yeah, yeah, because they they like make fish soup with it, right? Right, so they like boil it down, and then it kind of got me interested. I was like looking online about like recipes for like boiling down the fish head. I don't know. It's interesting. But like we, you know, obviously they usually just chop the head off and then use it for bait or whatever later or whatever they're going to do. But uh, yeah, these people, they were like, well, we'll keep all of them. Yep. We're like, okay. Yeah. Apparently the cheek is like super good. Well, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's the same. If you catch a big enough walleye, walleye cheeks are the shit, dude. I haven't cooked my cheek yet. Oh, dude. Oh, man. Looking forward to it. They're amazing. I'm actually going to be making quite a few trips out to the cabin this winter and, uh, helping my dad with his new guide service out there and just like helping him get fish houses set up nice. and whatever for clients. And Rob's a legend with it, with a walleye rod, Ugh, dude. Well, they know that Lake, like the back. Oh of their yeah. Hand. So, yeah. and it's just like helping get fish houses set up, drilling holes for people and nice. whatever, and helping him fillet up fish and cook them up. And it'll, it'll be a lot of fun this winter, especially since I'll be so slow with work. Yeah. You got to pay um, for your hunting somehow. <clears throat> exactly. But what's interesting Cal, you don't know this yet. Um, I'm going to be guiding at Stewart Ranch Outfitters. You do know that part. Um, but it sounds like I might be gone the entire month of January. I was just going to go to Stewart SRO for two weeks, but I was just talking to Bobby the other day, and he's like, just guide here until you go to Stewart. I was like, well, shit. Oh, gotcha. Well, shit, dude. That might be fun. So you're going to guide at Sandhill Flyway I, until you go to SRO? I might. You yeah. know, he's like, I got to talk to Gerald and see if it fits with her budget and whatever. But I, as far as I know, we need the help, dude. Bad. You know, I'm like, okay. And then talking to Wade and then talking to uh, some of the kids that I just met in Missouri past weekend and talking to just like everyone. Once I told everyone I was going to be guiding in Oklahoma, then people were like, oh, dude, I'm only four hours away from you. Just come here the last week of season. Come here the last week of season. Come here the mm-hmm. last week of season. Come here the last week of season. It's just like, geez. When's man. the last week of season? Um, so I'm going to be guiding at SRO until the 24th of January. So up until the 31st gotcha. of yeah. December or yeah. of January. Sorry. Nice. And so um, you're at SRO for two weeks. Yep. Okay. Be at SRO for two weeks. Stewart Ranch Outfitters are out of Oklahoma. They, dude, they just posted all the white because I think their whitetail season just closed. Uh huh. They just yeah, that's all crazy. The, they just posted that's all the crazy. whitetail that they killed. Oh there my god. There was at god. least ten over one seventy five. Dude. Those are huge bucks. Just huge. Meaty antlers. Yeah, that's crazy. I know. I saw that post, and I was like, oh, my God. 
Damn, boy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Run, run a question. Last, yeah, last question that we have here is the best slash most memorable hunt and the worst. Oh, man. So, first off, with the worst hunt, you almost have to have something that forces you to keep hunting in order for it to be the worst hunt. Not necessarily. Because usually people that have, like, a horrible hunt, it's like, well, we're done, and then they, you know, unless it's, like, an entire trip. Or whatever. Mm. But, like, if it's, you know, if you're having a crappy day hunting, you know, or you fall in the water, you know, or something like that, you just, like, you know, peace out and go home. Mm -hmm. Right? But if you're, you know, so do you have any other worst hunt stories that where you had to stick it out? Either one of them? Well, I can't remember the last hunt that I just said bye. Yeah. You know, I can't remember. Why don't you, uh, why don't you start it off? Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. I mean, I don't. I don't know if I have like a worst hunt, man. I'm trying or, to think. Or, I will or tell best you. and most memorable. Yeah, best and most memorable. Because I've I've been involved in a lot of hunts that sucked, but they're all like, um, whitetail mostly right. and elk and mule deer. That's the thing it's that like, I had like I had to be there, you know. Yeah, and with with duck, it's like yeah, like you said, like if you're having a really bad day or something really bad happens. You just leave. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you're like, you're right, like, we're just usually <clears throat> if you're hunting for yourself, that's what you can do. And more often yeah. than not, I'm not hunting for myself. I'm hunting for somebody else. You know. Yeah, but like usually something's catastrophic isn't happening. Yeah. You know, like duck hunting. I mean, and if it does, then it's not even like a memorable hunt. It's just like a terrible day. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I vividly remember an awesome hunt that we we've told this story multiple times. Like we had a great hunt on the lake. And then the weather got terrible. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was a memorable hunt mm-hmm. because the hunting was so good and our ride back was so sketchy. Right. Um, I mean, there's a ton of memorable hunts, though. That hunt we just had, the seven, the seven million, uh, seven, seven man, man mallard. Seven million man limit. Seven million limit, yeah. Uh, no, that hunt wasn't it. That was a great hunt. Right. Um, super memorable. And I think we were with great people, had a really good time, and we shot an awesome uh we shot an awesome video and we shot a bunch of birds right so that was that's a super memorable hunt um some of my favorite memories i mean i vividly remember when my brothers both lived here every single year on thanksgiving me and joey and my brothers would go hunt and there was a couple years i don't think you were there but i know that you were there for quite a few of them joe but um yeah i was I mean, I remember vividly, like, last year, Isaac was here, my brother, for a while, and we went out and we hunted, and I think we shot, like, seven birds. We shot a few mallards, and then we shot two of the most beautiful, perfect Drake common mergansers. <laughs> they were sick, dude. When they're, yeah, they're really, really colored cool. up and they're really big, these were huge. They were, like, the size of a loon. You know, when they get like that, that's just fun. And it was, like, ice on all the marsh. On all the reeds, mm-hmm. perfect day, beautiful sunrise. I don't know. Hmm. What about for you, for waterfall hunting, Connor? You know, I'm gonna be honest. While you were talking about that, I got kind of, uh, I started thinking about it, and I really have not hunted like just to hunt very much at all. And it really kind of made me a little salty, a little sad because, like, I don't have that many memorable hunts. My because every time I go, I have a camera and every time I go, I have a responsibility of some sort and that kind of sucks, you know, mm-hmm. like I, it's, it's super rare that I will go and just go for fun, you know, but and just go to do something. And it's even more rare that that will happen. And that's something memorable or that's something, you know, cause like Joe, you and I have gone three, four five times this season. Just no, no GoPros, no nothing. Well, and that's not true. You've always brought a GoPro. Okay, yeah, that's true. Well, but but it's not like you know we, we've we've there. gone a couple times, you know, where where I don't have I don't have anything, I don't have any responsibility. I'm not like right. you know I do have a GoPro and I might click it on before I shoot something. It's just because I like to do that. But um, you know, but we didn't we didn't we kill didn't a ton of stuff. No. Like we uh, well, like one was one duck, you know, and then well, what about when uh, Grant and Haas call up? Right, came. you know, you but had fun that day, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't. I think I shot. You know, I wanted them to shoot like I wanted, you know, and so I, I didn't shoot a, a ton. I did have fun, though. But I'd say, you know, to answer your question, though, when, with waterfowl, and, and by the way, I, the same qu- question or the same answer is for deer. I don't have much, you know, with deer either. But my favorite 
my most memorable and my best hunts have um my was my first not my first duck hunt my first duck hunt alone with my dad when we limited out in seven minutes in a woody hole that we had no freaking idea what the heck we were doing right right <laughs> and that, that was just a ton of fun right and then well that's a memorable hunt yeah and then my and you know but that was like six seven years ago so at least who cares and then um and then my second one would be when uh when i went eider hunting in uh maine with my dad right i was gonna say dude <laughs> you've had some pretty both of fucking them. cool ass yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know. dude, and like, all right, our seven man mallard limit, like you shot your yeah, limit yeah, of birds. I, I'm not like, complaining. I'm not complaining. Oh, I know. I, but what I'm what I'm saying is that for the amount that I do hunt, you think that it would be hard for me to pick it out, but it it's not. Those you just two have a higher easy. I, <laughs> no, it's because well, those are the only two that I felt zero responsibility mm. that I can think of that I can remember. Sure. You know, and 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 shot a lot. Because yeah. I do enjoy killing stuff, you know, contrary right. to popular belief. <laughs> but yeah, so those those are my two, and because and both of them were with my dad, and I love hunting with my dad. I think Same. it's a ton of fun. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate now that we can't really hunt that much together. I did go pheasant hunting with him uh, a couple of years back too, and that was a lot of fun. But I digress. Yeah, dude i I think I've had way too many fun hunts. To like pick one. Yeah. See, that should be my answer, right? You know, I'm just going to go off of this year and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I got to film this. It's when Wade and I went to Lance's duck camp up north. And dude, that hunt was seriously incredible. And I don't think we've really touched on it on the podcast to like a full extent. And if, if you let me, I'll tell a decent amount of the story. You're talking about Wade, the Wade hunt? Yeah. At Starduck. This last like like a month ago, what, like we did the podcast that night, got the text, and then oh and I drove. Oh, oh, oh yeah, you talk, didn't you talk about it on the next podcast that we did? I don't think yeah, so. yeah, you've talked about it a few times, but not like I mean, you didn't necessarily tell your whole story, I guess. But well, I mean, uh, let you, me just actually summarize you it did then. like you sort of told like yeah you you told everybody like what time you guys got the call and when you got there and we did that all right. Well, the the cool part about that hunt was the fact that this camp was made in 1989 and has not changed. Yeah. Like they threw a trailer on this place and you walk in there and there's a piece of plywood over the floor, like where it's rotted right. in the middle of the camper or in the middle yeah. of the trailer. And we get there like 2 AM. We wake up. That's the most sleep we had gotten in like six days. Yeah. We got like five hours of sleep before the hunt. We walked like 180 yards to like these permanent blinds where it's like four of them. And they're all two man blinds. You cannot squeeze a third into these blinds and it has like a perfect little shelf. It's just like a, essentially a box with a piece of canvas cloth over the top of you and then behind you. So like when these birds come in, like the only thing you could really shoot off of that point are divers just because once they're down that close to the water, they don't care what's on the shoreline, you know? Mm -hmm. But like that day, man, I haven't had that good of a diver shoot since you, Gavin, Isaac and I went mm -hmm. out on that one lake out by my cabin. Right. And it's just like, we're like, birds are just coming in. No matter what you do, you could be out there with orange flags, air traffic control, and just be like, nope, don't land here. And they'll still just dump into your decoys. It was so freaking cool. Like, it honestly felt like we stepped into a time machine. It was unbelievable. Like, you're shooting canvas backs at 10 yards and like flocks of 10 of them, and they just keep coming and coming. And it's like, we limited out in two flocks of canvas backs and they just kept rolling through the decoys. So you have to do duck ID as the snow is just hitting you in the eyeballs and you have a strong Northwest wind out of like 15 to 16 miles an hour. Like, I mean, it was, it was a decent wind and the waves are just rolling. And then you yeah. have flock, like you see these ducks out, they're like high and they drop down close to the water. Okay. They're divers. And then they start to come into the decoys and then they start to flare upwards. It's like, Oh, they're cans. Don't shoot. Oh, those ones are redheads, actually. You can shoot. It's just like, it's just a matter of like, okay, what can and can't we shoot today? What haven't we limited out on already? It nice. was just yeah. unbelievable. And it's just on a pure invite, like a mutual connection between Wade and, and us, mm -hmm. you know, Lance Kramer, and then met two two older guys, much older than me. I think they're like mid-30s, early 40s. And they were just the coolest dudes. You know, and they're just like, yeah, this is how it gets this time of year. And it's just like, damn, dude. Yeah. Like, how do you, how have you not written a book? You know, because like, that's just like, 
that's the purest form of Minnesota diver hunting that I've ever experienced. Yeah. Do you like, have, what? No, keep going. Well, it's just, dude, you set up on this point, divers feed off of points, AKA steep drop offs. You know, and that point was a steep drop off. It went from ankle deep to 13 feet deep and eight feet. You know, it's super cool. It's just like super rocky. You can tell that's where fish culminate and that's why divers like to be there. And it's been there forever. And these blinds haven't been touched in 40 years and they're starting to rot out and whatever. And here you are just like walking into like all this history. You know, it felt like you were walking into the market gunner days. Mm-hmm. I freaking loved it, man. It was I, like, I, I cherished every second of it. And the second, like I'm walking out there filming an intro with the GoPro we just got six to seven inches, eight inches of snow. And we're walking through this trail and it's just like powder. So you can hear your footsteps. <laughs> all the trees are just covered in snow. They're all hanging super low. That. Like all yep. the branches are about <clears throat> to break because they're holding so much wet snow. And you're just like, you can't hear anything because like the snow, it just dampens all the sound. It was so cool, man. Mm-hmm. Like everything about it. And the GoPro dies and I'm like, shit. This fucking sucks because I I know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I had a sigh of relief where it's like, okay, I can really just focus on really enjoying this experience. And I'm like, am I a little butthurt that I couldn't film it? Yeah. You know, for the channel and to let everyone else experience it. But at the same time, I'm really glad that I just got to experience that for myself and just mm-hmm. not have to worry about, hey, I have to be a personality today. I have to talk to people. I have to do this. And it was just like, hey, man. I'm already living limited out on cans. Those are your cans. You know, it yeah. was just, it was just so pure. It was just so cool, man. I just, I couldn't get, I still am not over it. And then Wade sent all of his pictures to us via smug mug. And it was just like, it brought it all back. Like them out in the boat, like 80 yards picking up like canvas backs that got drifted off in the wind. And like, you see Lance dipping over the boat and grabbing this thing. And there's just snow everywhere. It's just like, Oh my God dude it looked like every single one of those pictures should have been in a magazine mm-hmm. like diver diverboy.com you know nice <laughs> like shit i don't know what about your worst my worst hunt should we go off of this year uh, i don't know whatever mm-hmm. you want to do the the first one that comes to mind is i was 14 living in that house when i was in high school i don't want to give out give away the location yeah but, um and we, we built a pallet dock out there, and you can see the bottom. It's like three feet deep. And then we drop, my dad and I drop a couple ducks. I was out there duck hunting every day before school and after school. And um, I'm like, hey, the canoe, we tucked the canoe back in the, the reeds and shit. And my dad, my dad and I at least double, we killed four ducks between the two of us. And like, we're sitting on a pallet dock. So like, it's like, whatever. And it's my dad's like, ah, oh, just walk out there and grab them. So I'm like, okay. So like I get off the pallet dock and I get in the water and I instantly go over my head and, and I'm like drowning. Like mm-hmm. I'm sucking in mud. Like I'm not just sucking in water. I'm sucking in mud. And my dad dragged me out of the water by my hair. <laughs> and then he like grabbed my, sh- like underneath my arm, like he grabbed my hair and he started bringing me up a little bit. And then he grabbed underneath my arm and I was just like, fuck this. I don't want to <laughs> fucking hunt anymore today. This yeah. sucks. That was like. That's one, that was a really bad day for me. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine your, your dad pulling your entire body weight by your hair. Right. It's like, no. And it was cold and yeah, all that shit. It's like, ah, but that, that's probably my worst. That That's the first one that comes to mind. Gotcha. Cal, well, cool. What you? What's your worst? Oh, I already talked about mine a little bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> while you, you were, were gone. Taking a peeing. phone call. <clears throat> yeah. I don't really, I don't know. I don't really have a crazy, terrible story, I guess. But Well, I think, uh, is that about it for the day? Tell I think us. so. Yeah. I, uh, we'll wrap it up. Guys, check us out on our other channels. Please check out our YouTube and subscribe. Also, if you could just do us a favor, can you just leave a review? That'd be dope. It's not, it's not hard. It won't take very long. Just, you know, just click how many stars you think we are, and we all know what you think. Well, but. And w- one thing I wanted to talk about, too, as we end this podcast is what really helps our YouTube videos because the amount of comments we get is like, how does this not have enough, like more views? It's like, okay, I'll let you know how it doesn't have enough views. You're not clicking that like button and you're not commenting. That helps the YouTube algorithm show that video to more people because more people are engaging on that video. That's mm-hmm. why all these YouTubers are like, if you like this video, smash a like, throw up a comment. 
What do you like to shoot? Man. What do you like to shoot? Yeah. Ducks or geese, man? Like it sounds so dumb, but they're just trying to enact more engagement into their video so that yeah, the algorithm it's picks free. up. Because it's yeah, exactly. Doing that is free and it helps them. It helps us a lot. So like you guys support us so much and we love you for it. However, do more. <laughs> yeah. Do Please. Your, do and it doesn't job. cost shit. It doesn't yeah. cost shit. So leave a review, put a like on our YouTube videos, comment, say, we love you guys. Hey, what can I come on you with? Whatever. Tell, say whatever. You, I mean, tell whatever. one friend something yeah. that you like about yeah, just Joey's beard. Send yeah. one friend a video. Yeah, share it up. That'd be dope. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. We will see you next week.